Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here in Melbourne, we're in our fifth lockdown, and it's a difficult time again for most of our nation as the COVID pandemic situation drags on. Perhaps some of us feel a little frayed around the edges, uh, if not at the end of our rope. However, today we commemorate St. Anna, and also we remember today St. Olympia or St. Olympias, the deaconess. And in them we find examples of, I believe, what we need today, spiritual tenacity and endurance. So we'll see from their lives and their experience and those of some other saints as well, what we can learn to help us through these trying times. And I'm indebted for the quotes of the saints from today's uh, a homily to a homily from Holy Cross Monastery. And we begin with the story of St. Anna and, by extension, her husband, Joachim II. St. Gregory Palama says of them that no others were found at that time superior in virtue or nobility of character and birth to that childless couple. Each feast, they would divide all of their money into three parts, and one-third would go to the poor, one-third to the temple, and the final third they kept for themselves. And they were a very godly and holy uh, couple. Now, they lived for 50 years from their marriage without a child, and this barrenness brought them much sadness and shame. Having children, and many of them, was a sign of God's blessing, and their lack was a curse. And in this way, they uh, stepped into the pattern that we see from the Old Testament of childless couples who give birth miraculously later on, like Sarah and Abraham, parents of Isaac, and Hannah and Elkanah, parents of Samuel. So one day, Joachim went to bring a gift to the temple in Jerusalem, and for his childless state, he was publicly rebuked by the high priest, and he went away disgraced. And for he and St. Anna, this was a culmination of their long, difficult years to have their offering at the temple rejected. And the reality is that we will all endure times of barrenness and times of severe trial. Like the gospel story today with the uh, men afflicted by the demons, God will allow the enemy to have at us for a good end. We will all experience the withdrawal of grace. And maybe for many of us, this fifth lockdown is a time when we are experiencing it collectively. St. Sophroni of Essex sums it up well when he says that no one genuinely seeking salvation can escape the experience of being bereft of God. Well, that's good to know, and perhaps especially for those who are actually having it uh, pretty good in lockdown. Maybe you don't mind the quiet. Maybe you're working, maybe studying is going well, and it's not actually too much of a challenge for you. St. Sophroni is telling us that sooner or later we will experience these times of difficulty. And he goes on. At some moments, this feeling of having been abandoned becomes so acute that even a fleeting instant of it seems timeless. The purpose behind this withdrawal of grace is to give him the opportunity to manifest his freedom and fidelity or loyalty to God. The worst, uh, the worst ordeal of all is that despite our utmost straining to be faithful to God, these are the periods we feel forsaken by him. Our spiritual poverty, together with the pain of God's absence, plunges us into despair. It seems as if some terrible curse hangs over us. And this is certainly what St. Anna and St. Joachim would have felt at their situation. 
And this features again and again in the lives of the saints. When St. Anthony in the Egyptian desert was harassed by demonic attack to the extent that he was physically injured, he questioned God, asking him where he was. And God told him, Anthony, I was here, but I waited to see your fight. Since you have endured and have not been defeated, I will ever be a help to you and will make your name known everywhere. When St. Joseph the Hesychast endured despondency on Mount Athos and felt again totally forsaken by God, he said, Lord, are my temptations going to overcome me? And he felt a voice deep within him say, will you not endure even this for love of me? And he was strengthened and revived and pushed onward. St. Anna and St. Joachim's response to this terrible trial was to continue in prayer. St. Anna humbled herself praying, and it is written that she said of herself that she is the most sinful of all the daughters of Israel. And St. Joachim went into the desert to pray and to fast, and they continued all the harder to seek the face of God. In his novel, A Canticle for Leibowitz, Walter Miller Jr. recounts how a monk was speaking to this woman once who was terribly injured, and her child was injured too, and she was in a lot of pain. And he was trying to think of the words to comfort her, and he told her to offer her her pain to God. And she said she couldn't understand a God who wanted her pain. And he says, no, no, it's not the pain that is pleasing to God, child, It is the soul's endurance in faith and hope and love in spite of bodily afflictions that pleases heaven. Now in this time of lockdown, we also may be tempted to despondency and we may be wondering where God is and why this is happening. And maybe God is telling us, I'm waiting to see your fight. Maybe he's telling us, will you not endure even this for love of me? Maybe waiting to see our endurance and faith, hope, and love in spite of the afflictions of this present time. Waiting to see if we will continue in humility, seeking God in prayer and fasting. And if Saints Anna and Joachim could do this for 50 years, surely we can redouble our efforts in these trying times too. I believe that these um, lessons for today are summed up in the life of St. Olympia the Deaconess, whom we commemorate too. I'll give a brief overview of her life now, since we'll have a fuller story in the Synaxarian today. But she's someone who from a young age showed great leadership and an example of Christian living. Church leaders like St. Gregory the Theologian and St. Gregory of Nyssa took an active interest in her, and she served them faithfully. She was ordained a deaconess at a time in church history when we still had them uh, for her knowledge, wisdom, and generosity. Now, she became the confidant and close friend of St. John Chrysostom, and even helping him to eat a healthy diet since his uh, digestion had been impacted so severely from his early days of fasting. And when he was persecuted and exiled by his enemies, uh, she received her own share of maltreatment and imprisonment. And she entered a period of despondency and depression while his exile was prolonged and her suffering increased. Now we have his letters to her surviving to this day and you can find them online. And they're quite touching to see this brotherly and sisterly love 
between St. Olympia and St. John Chrysostom. And this is a selection from his first letter to her that I believe is also encouraging for us today. And he calls her the most reverend and divinely favored deaconess Olympias. I, John Bishop, send greeting in the Lord. Come now, let me relieve the wound of your despondency and disperse the thoughts which gather this cloud of care around you. For what is it which upsets your mind? And why are you sorrowful and dejected? For whatever image of our present evils I may seek, speech shrinks baffled from the attempt. Nevertheless, even when I look at these calamities, I do not abandon hope of better things. Considering as I do who the pilot is in all this, not one who gets the better of the storm by his art, but calms the raging waters by his rod. But if he does not effect this at the outset and speedily, such is his custom. He does not at the beginning put down these terrible evils, but when they have increased and come to extremities and most persons are reduced to despair, then he works wondrously and beyond all expectation, thus manifesting his own power and training the patience of those who undergo these calamities. Do not therefore be cast down, for there is only one thing, Olympias, which is really terrible, only one real trial, and that is sin. And I have never ceased continually harping upon this theme. But as for all other things, plots, enmities, frauds, calumnies, insults, accusations, confiscation, exile, the keen sword of the enemy, the peril of the deep, warfare of the whole, whole world, or anything else you would like to name, and perhaps we can add a global pandemic to the list, they are but idle tales. For whatever the nature of these things may be, they are transitory and perishable and operate in a mortal body without doing any injury to the vigilant soul. And he goes on to give examples of when God's help appears delayed, like this example of the three holy youths from the book of Daniel. He says, could he not, that is God, for example, have prevented the three children at the outset from falling into trial? But he did not choose to do this, thereby conferring great pain upon them. Therefore, he suffered them to be delivered into the hands of barbarians and the furnace to be treated to an immeasurable height and the wrath of the king to blaze even more fiercely than the furnace and hands and feet to be bound with great severity and they themselves to be cast into the fire. And then when all they who beheld despaired of their rescue, suddenly and beyond all hope, the wonder-working power of God the supreme artist, uh, artificer was displayed and shone forth with, with, with exceeding splendor for the fire was bound and the bondmen were released and the furnace became a temple of prayer, a place of fountains and dew, of higher dignity than a royal court and the very hairs of their heads prevailed over that all devouring element which gets the better even of iron and stone and masters every kind of substance. Do you see the abundance of resources belonging to God? his wisdom, his extraordinary power, his loving kindness and care. Be not therefore dismayed or troubled, but continue to give thanks to God for all things, praising and invoking him, beseeching and supplicating, even if countless tumults and troubles come upon you, even if tempests are stirred up before your eyes, let none of these things disturb you. For our master is not baffled by the difficulty, even if all things are reduced to the extremity of ruin." And with these and many other words, he consoled her, and she displayed a fortitude throughout it all that was a comfort to even the father among the saints. 
Now, these are apt words for us too, that there is only one truly terrible thing in these challenging times of pandemic, lockdown, and uncertainty, and that is sin, which can do damage to our souls. And the point that God's perfect plan is often carried out in ways that seem to prolong our troubles and our trials. And this is simply what the New Testament tells us again and again, like this example from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And the full effect will take time. I'd like to finish with a focus on the icon of St. Anna. And there's a curious thing that happens each time I see an icon depicting her. I think it's an icon of the Theotokos, of Mary holding Christ. And the reason is because she's holding Mary the same way that Mary is holding Jesus. And this shows us that the Theotokos was shaped into the person she became thanks to the holy influence of her parents. In other words, the end result of the endurance and the faithfulness of the grandparents of God was the most holy lady, Mary, the mother of God herself. As we face a lockdown, again, may we draw strength from St. Anna, St. Olympia, and the collage of others today who all endured times of difficulty over a prolonged period of time. May God multiply their good qualities in us. Tenacity, endurance, humility, and faithfulness. So that just as the fruit of the endurance of Anna and Joachim was she who would bear Christ, may we also endure so that good fruit may be born in us, that others can experience the joy of bearing Christ too in their hearts. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.